Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. And welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. You ever meet somebody that just just grabs your attention? Just when, when you meet this, this person, you talk to this person, they grab your attention. This guy right here, from the first time that I talked to him, he grabbed my attention. And that's because he is the negativity terminator. I love it. I, I am totally down with that. You can find him on LinkedIn at Dimitri Ortiz, D-I-M-I-T-R-Y, Ortiz, O-R-T-I-Z. But you find him right here, right now, on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Dimitri, what's good, brother? Hey, Brian. It's a lovely day. It's a good day to be alive, and it's a great opportunity to be able to come and talk to you today. Man, that, that I love that. I, I gotta start here with you. I, I look at it and 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 the negativity terminator. What does that mean to you as far as the impact that you want to make on people's lives? Oh, good question. I like it. I like your question. Um, well, you know, I there has been a while now that I've recognized that. You know, just like just like most of us, you know, we have uh, opposition, we have struggles, we are going to be tested in many ways, and that's just part of life. And uh, it's not a sad story because everything in life happens to you so that we can experience, learn, and grow. So you should always be ready and welcoming whatever cards are played. I mean, in other words, what kind of poker game is this? You know what I mean? So, so, so it has to be something. If that's not the cards you get, is the way you play them. You, you know, and that's always going to be the case. It's Man, not, I, you know, I didn't mean to jump in there. I, I, I love what you said there, Dimitri, about life is not a sad story. Because here's the thing. If, if we looked at everything around us, I saw a statistic as we record this podcast. I saw a statistic the other day that now we're at 400,000 COVID deaths in the United States. And if I just looked at that one piece of content, I would say, man, this is a sad story of where we are. But it didn't mention the millions and millions of people that got COVID and recovered. That, that, that did make it and did have a, a story to tell and an experience that you can learn and grow from. I love what you said there. How have you continued to keep yourself telling a positive story? Because if I just took an experience, if I just took that, that singular experience, I just want to throw my hands in the air, maybe go crawl in the corner in the fetal position. How do you continue to tell that that positive story and continue to make that impact? Well, you know, and I, I think it's not about me, the story that I'm telling. It's pretty much it telling itself. I think that some of us decide to understand things clearly. Some of us decide to not be confused. You know, mm -hmm. and because I'm not saying I'm not any better than anyone, except the difference is I know the power of choice. 
And that's yeah. what, that's the only difference. There is no, there's no other better life. I mean, you know, I, I, I had a rough life. Yeah, but you know what? I'm not talking about a sad story. I'm talking about a great story. I'm talking about a story that has content. I mean, I have stories to tell. I mean, just the fact that I have stories to tell, all right? I'm happy enough. Because if, if, if I were rich and the money's the only story I'm talking about, it will be a sad story. Some people are so poor, all they have is money. And so, as you can see, it's like, no, no. It's like, I, I think that um, if you look at life as school, the harder school, the one that teaches the best and the most yeah. in yeah. most every case. So look at the facts, look at the, look at the statistics, look at the people that are great. None of them had it easy. So do you think I'm not trying to follow that route? Yes, I am. Yeah. Yes, I am. Dude, I, I love the what you said there. Some people tell a singular story, man, that is such a powerful, I, I get, I got to park there for just a minute because you are a hundred percent on the money with, with what you just said there, because a lot of people think that one event defines them or defines their life, or they never bounce back from that one thing that happened to them in life that, that sucked, that was terrible. And, and man, you know, your heart breaks for them, but I love what you said about some people only tell a singular story. When, when the story of Dimitri Ortiz is told, and we're going to get into that story here in just a few minutes, what is one theme, not telling a singular story, but what's the one theme of your story that continues to resonate? Uh, a title, you would say, you asked me? Yeah, a title, a theme, um, anything um, like that. Perseverance. I think that's, that's, that's a good word. Man, I love that. The power of, I'm writing this down. If, if, you, if you're watching the YouTube video, I'm taking notes as Dimitri is talking. And Dimitri, the thing about it is you're mentioning the power of perseverance. What does perseverance mean to you and how has it impacted you? Because I, I could, look, people could say, Oh, I've persevered to get a degree or I've persevered to do that, to get something right. It's not persevering because, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. It's like they persevered to get something or to have something that somebody else doesn't have. I got the sense there and correct me if I'm wrong. I get the sense when you said perseverance, that's got a deeper meaning to you than just something that you picked up or something you had. I want you to go a little deeper with perseverance and, and, and how it, how you're applying it. Okay. So, so I guess it would be the understanding of, uh, or the ability better yet of focusing, understanding how to focus your energy and perseverance is going to, uh, is, is developed through action, not through thoughts, not through hopes, not through feelings, not through emotions. And those are the last things I want to, are the resorts to understand something. Um, so everything's quantified in this life, in this earth, in this universe. So you should, you know, we should, we should incline a little bit on mathematical equations and, 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 and just understanding that everything can be quantified, understood by, by its mass, by its existence, not by its feelings, not by its perce uh, perceptions. 
So when you start looking at how, uh, what you want, it's literally, I believe that it's, it's just understanding, having a clarity of what you want and, and having an intentional practice about it. Because as you know, that's the secret to any developed talent that has excellence. And I so, love, yeah, I, 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 I love, I got I got to park, I got to park there for just a minute. You just said something really important, having clarity about what you want. I think so many people get caught up, Dimitri, in the pursuit of something that's, that's not attainable because they look at something and they go, oh, I'd like to have that. And they're not clear about the path that they go to get it, or they're not clear about what to do, or, or really, should they be even pursuing it at all? I mean, you think about it for a minute, and I wanted to jump in there because I love what you said about having clarity about what you want, because a lot of people think they want things that are never intended for them to have. They're never intended for them. Some things in life you think you want are not ever intended for you to have. And so I love what you said about clarity. At what point in your life did you have to make peace with that? Because some people wrestle with that their entire lives about gaining clarity. For you, when did it come into focus for you that clarity in, in everything that you do was something that was absolutely important? I think... I think clarity has always been there. It's just, was I more obedient is the difference. Because I think clarity, most of us understand what to do, but it's your relationship with that clarity that is the difference. If you respect that clarity, then you give it its place. You pursue its advice. You treasure it and you become a collaboration. And so, therefore, that's, that's, that's the big difference. You know, it has to be something that you, because, you, you know, I mean, it, it, that's, that's where you find people trying to live somebody else's life. Because you, if you don't have a personal, a clear identity of yourself as well, you know, because, you know, self-awareness is spoken quite a bit. So I think that, uh, you know, introspection, ability to introspect and understanding that you're a team yourself, you know, and, uh, you know, you're, if you look at what you're made out of, it's incredible. You got billions and billions of particles. So it's like, you know, you're, you're a kingdom yourself mm -hmm. because, you know, it's so, so you have to be a, you have to be a leader, have your own, have your own tribe, you know? Yeah. It, and many people don't understand that. They like, they neglect that. They neglect that you have to take care of yourself so much for you to be efficient and be able to help other people. Instead, many people have been confused by institutions, religions, uh, so societies, cultures, that it's bad to think about yourself. And that's like the worst advice because you are not going to be able to help nobody if you can't help yourself. So it's like, you know, self-maintenance. You have to understand that it's going to be a battle and you have to get ready. It's going to be a competition. See, I, I'm, a, I'm an athlete and I love competition. Maybe that's where it comes from. See, competition is good. Why? Not for feelings, but because what takes you there to that competition is the process. And you may win or may not win, but you know what? The trophy is success. The process is what you become. Man, so, that is so good. That is so good. You know, and, and that's the thing, Dimitri. I love what you said about being obedient and having a relationship with clarity. Because some people think that clarity should work for them, not 
working with clarity because sometimes, and I, and I, and I'll share this in my own life. Sometimes I've gotten clarity and I still fight it because the, the clear thing to do is not what I emotionally want to do. And so I fight with that clarity, even though it's, even though it's right there, I know the right thing to do. And it's like the Bible says, you know, um, people talk about, and I'll mean to, to, to throw a, 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 a spiritual connotation in here, but I, but, but I think it fits. The Bible says that, that someone that knows to do good, but doesn't do it, it's sin. It's a, it's a clear definition of sin. And sometimes when clarity comes into a situation, it's like, this is exactly what we're supposed to do, but be, but it, because it's counter, it's counterintuitive to what we want. We think, no, I, I'm going to go search for more clarity and, and find clarity that lines up with what I really want instead of just pursuing the path and going, okay, clarity, you're right. This is exactly what I need to do. It may not be what I want to hear or what I want to feel, but I know I got to go this direction. And you're talking about competition. I'm 100% down with, what, with, with that as well, too, because the greatest times in my life that made me stronger, better is when I competed for something. I may not have won, but I can. So, so take me, take me through, is there something or was there something? And, and let's, let's bring it a little bit closer to home through this pandemic. Is there something you've been competing with, with yourself through this pandemic? How, how have you maintained yourself through this pandemic and, and, what has it taught you? What did you do? Have you taken a lesson out of what we've gone through through this pandemic? Oh yeah, oh yeah, most definitely. I uh, I was anticipating a, a big sh uh, shift in 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 everything. Either way, that's what people people are not paying attention to what's happening. See, it's part of my message to the masses. I think we need to understand that technology is not for the IT department. It's not for the people that that, that like. To, uh, study computer science. Business and technology have to go hand in hand. You cannot allow or expect or hope for somebody else to do the job, the, the mental job, the creative job that you could be doing. So I think that we need to wake up and start, you know, people talk about, there's, there are so many people that talk about technology and yet, and yet not many understand it. And I think it's important to understand it because your relationship with it is what's going to matter from here in the future. Yeah. 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 So good. So good. Because again, and I'm glad you brought that up and, and you had no idea that, that, but I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up is I saw a post the other day on LinkedIn and it was talking about what do you think that generation Z, this current generation, I have a 20 year old son is going to add or how will they do business differently? And my point to that, to piggyback off of what you just said, is that this generation is going to learn to build relationships without ever setting, without ever being face-to-face -face with a customer or ever meeting someone in person. They're going to build relationships virtually. That's, that's how they're going to do business in the future. In my generation, I, I'm a I'm a uh, I'm a Gen Xer, so I was born in '72. 
I have always believed that the best relationships are cultivated face-to-face, person-to-person. You know, I see you, man, and, and, and I give you a high five or a hug or fist bump, something like that. The best relationships are always cultivated person-to-person. That's why I wrote the book People Buy From People. My son's generation, they're going to create tremendous relationships virtually. That's how they're going to do it. So why do you think people are so reticent to not understand the concept of business and technology going hand in hand? Hey, everybody, Brian Sexton here. I want to tell you about our sponsor, SEO National. SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. Now, what's that, you might say? Well, Search Engine Optimization helps you show up higher on search engines in front of paying customers for words that you as a business owner can monetize. What a great concept. SEO National is owned by my good buddy, Damon Burton, who's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Not only has Damon and his team worked with businesses of all sizes, from e-commerce startups to NBA teams and Shark Tank featured businesses, but more importantly, Damon and his team are about transparency, trust, and providing lifetime value. So much so that he still has his first customers after opening SEO National 14 years ago. Let me give you some intentional encouragement and call Damon and his team today at 855-736-6285 or go to www.seonational.com and get a free quote. First of all, people are seeking the wrong answers and they're they're not understanding that it's... it's uh, um, it's already here and uh and it needs to be understood because the fact is <laughs> technology is here to help us grow faster this is what people don't understand i mean people fear what they don't understand that's the first thing we need to mention so therefore to to change that we need to educate people and get people involved imagine the fact that you know um I think that, okay, the, well, to answer your question is, the first thing is, first things first, to answer your question, people have a hard time changing, adapting. And you know what the crazy thing about it is? The difference between animals and humans is the ability at adaptation. So we're like forfeiting the only difference we have between our friends, the animals. And so to forfeit that endowment that you were created with, it's incredibly wrong and <laughs> you need to understand the power that you have for adaptation. So again, we come back to the power of choice, right? We come back with the fact that we should not be feeling, we should be understanding. We should not be talking, we should be learning. We should be not be uh, mentioning, we should be participating. We should not be competing, we should be collaborating. So it's like, everything's changing, everything's changing. And so we have to change and it starts with the, with the fact that change is good. Change, if we, if we didn't have change, more people would be dead right now. More wars would be fought. More, I mean, just, this is why people are so, I don't understand, people have to look at our history and look what has happened in the world in the past before, before us. And look at how incredibly blessed we are with the resources that we have. I mean, the genders were so horrible back then. I mean, and the inequalities and, the, and, the, and just the, you know, the racial tensions, I mean, you know, that's like saying, okay, but if you expect to, that to be perfect, then you better be perfect yourself. It's what I say. Because if you're expecting perfection, then you better show me it first because right. you're expecting something. 
So if you understand that you're not perfect, then you should understand that the world is not perfect. Now, I'm not saying we have to accept what's, what, what the status quo is. We should always be fighting making it better. And that's for sure. But we have to use our brain, not our, not our feelings, not our emotions. We should collaborate, not compete. You know what I mean? Because we, we are yeah. better when we are together. And so we have to understand the power in numbers. And so um, those, those are the things that, we, that, 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 are, that, are, that are not. But you know what? Um, the pandemic, going back to pandemic real quick. I love the fact that the world was able to share something collectively. Now, I think we've talked enough about the, 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 what, what hit us, what hurt us. But let's talk about what it did for us as well. Because it's being ungrateful. Everything that hurts teaches in my life, I've noticed. Because we stop and think as opposed to just react. And I think this 2020 brought so much attention to understanding where we are and what we're doing. Understanding that what we thought was consistent and dependable was no yeah. longer the case. Yeah. We're learning that we need to adapt to different ways of doing. I mean, 92% of the people are working from home. So, you know, it's interesting because I was starting to, I was going to start working from home because I'm a web developer. So I was going to go deep into my, my other stuff that I was going to do. And so it was going to be cool, right? I'm working from home. Now everybody's working from home. It's not a big deal. You don't have to be an engineer to be working from home. Everybody's working from home. Yeah. So all I'm saying is that um, changes are good to give us different perspectives because don't, let's not, let's not think for a minute that, that innovation has gotten here because we were, we were comfortable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we need yeah. to be uncomfortable. We need to be uncomfortable because it challenges us like anything. That's the reason why I was talking about. And so this 2020 was great for that to shook us up. I want to, and I want to tell people not that I want to talk about, you know, the, the negative side of, side of it, but let me tell you this. I lost a five year business at the beginning of the year, a retail business, a fashion store for females. And so, you know, I understand what it is to lose what you've been working for for five years. And I understand what it is to come back to a field that you haven't been to for a while and you have to study day and night to, ca to play catch up and to ignore the fact that I'm a lot older and the competition is a lot stronger and a lot broader because now it's global. I was competing mm -hmm. in the US, baby, but now it's global. So as you can see, everything has changed. Everything has shifted. So understand that's the way of life. So what do we have to do? Use the ability of adaptation. Use the ability of focus and massive action because that gives you, produces results and productive results for that matter. Yeah, so, yeah. So I think, you know, every, every challenge is an opportunity, an opportunity to learn and grow. And so I don't know why you would shy away from that. I mean, it's like, it's almost like a superpower. Look at it like the video game. You have to go in the quest and finish the quest and do every little detail and every, you know, annoying fact. Well, I'll tell you why we shy away from that, Dimitri. I'll tell you exactly why we shy away from it because we, we, we don't like pain. We don't like, we don't like hurting. We, we, you know, I look at it, I look at it like this, you know, why are retail stores? Why are a lot of you, you mentioned losing a retail business. Why are retail stores shuttering is because people go, oh man, if, if I want to shop, I'll just do it right here on, on my phone. And we want everything to come to us and we want everything to be right instantaneous right here in front of us. Nobody realizes the blood, sweat, and tears that you put in to build in your brick-and-mortar business. And nobody realizes the, the risk that you had to take as an entrepreneur to be able to do what you wanted to do. We wanted to come to us. 
We want it. We want it to come to us. Get bring it to us. If if we gotta wait in a drive through of a, of a fast food place for more than five minutes, we lose our minds. Except for Chick Fil A. Except for Jay, I don't know what it is, man. People wait for hours to get Chick Fil A. But that's the point, man. You hit it so beautifully. Is is we don't want to go through anything, right? We don't want to go through something. We don't want to have to go. And, and I gotta I gotta say this a minute, man. I love what you said about favoring collaboration over competition. You and I were talking about Michael Jordan. I'm a huge Michael Jordan fan. Michael Jordan was the greatest basketball player to ever lace him up, ever play the game. But Michael Jordan, I told my 20-year-old son this. We were watching The Last Dance last year. Loved that. Did I don't know if you saw that documentary, but it was unbelievable. And I told my son this. I said, Michael Jordan didn't start winning until he got some help. Till Scottie Pippen came, till Bill Wennington came, or till um, uh, Bill Cartwright came. They traded Charles Oakley and they got Bill Cartwright. Till they got Horace Grant. Till they got John Paxson. Yep. MJ was the great man. MJ was the greatest player on the planet, but he didn't start winning anything until he got some collaboration. That perfect team. Exactly. And then the second time they won three straight, they had Dennis Rodman. And they had Steve Kerr, and they had Tony Kukoc, and they had Luke Longley, and they have Will Perdue. Yeah. But, again, Michael couldn't do it by himself. And none of us can. Even the greatest competitors need collaboration. And I love what you said there, man. We could go for – man, dude, we could go for a while. But I would be remiss if I didn't tell your story because that's what I wanted to have you come on the podcast for, to tell your story. So, man, the floor is yours. You go back as far as you want to go and bring us from point A to where we are today, man, with, with Dimitri Ortiz. Uh, how much time are we talking here so I can estimate? <laughs> uh, let's see here. We, we, got, we got some time. Just, just, uh, just go forth and uh, bless the mic, my brother. I appreciate it. So, yeah, um, I'd like to tell my story because, uh, again, not, not because I want people to know me, but because I want people to have one more reference to look at. That's what I, that's what I want to become. I want to become a reference, a referral. You know what I mean? A, a indication, a, a sign. I want to become a sign. You know what I mean? Just, just, just have the direction. Just, just be there steady, showing, showing what it can be done. So this is the reason why I tell my story. I, I, I love my story because it starts in Guatemala, Guatemala City, Central America. Um, I was living in a country with a civil war, 36-year civil war. Um, the president was committing genocide, uh, completely annihilating the, the indigenous tribes. We have over uh, 22 dialects actively spoken that are my indigenous in my country. Things that people, not many people know. And um, we come from, you know, we, we live in the, the heart of the land of the Mayan empire. So it's like, you know, oh man, if you know about the Mayans, you know, wow, there's so much to talk about there. You know, it's like, yeah. if you were talking about the, you know, the most exact, cal- one of the most exact calendars in human history, um, the Mayans lived in the jungle and yet, and yet they had a writing system complete. They had a numerical system, mathematical system using the zero at the same time the Greeks were, you know? So it's like, mm-hmm. wow, amazing stuff. Astronomers, they understood, you know, it's like, I come, you know, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm part mine indigenous and European, uh, I'm mixed. 
but because I live in Guatemala and from Guatemala, this is my earth. This is my yeah. you know, soil. So I definitely, they definitely put the seed here. You know what I mean? And so it's just beautiful to know that you have, you know, to, to, to know how beautiful th those traditions and cultures are. And uh, yet we have, we are challenged with many, many oppositions from corrupt governments and stuff. And so I, I, I we, we moved to the U.S. when I was 10 years old. Um, we were fine. I mean, we, we, you know, my mother had been a teacher for 10 years, uh, uh, master's degree, one of the best universities here in Guatemala. I mean, we, we were fine, but my grandmother married an American. So she, um, she, she gave us the option of moving to the U.S. My mother went and visited and then decided that we were going to stay. We, we uh, moved to San Diego, California, Point Loma, if anybody knows where it is. Shout out to yeah. Point Loma. Um, beautiful place, beautiful beaches, beautiful weather, the best weather in the U.S., you know. And so it was the first place uh, I, I, on my 10th birthday, I was flying to the L.A. airport for the first time. It was the first introduction to the U.S. I did not you mentioned your grandmother was married to an American. Did you guys speak much English or did you speak, did you speak your native? I, I assume it's some form of Spanish that, that they speak in Guatemala. But did, did you learn, did you know any English when you came to the United States? None whatsoever. I'll tell you this. Um, the first day of school, I memorized one sentence, which was, I don't speak English with a horrible accent, of course. And that was the first thing. They opened the doors. Everybody looked at me. They were doing the Pledge of Allegiance. I was. I just walked in. Everybody just, the, you know, the needle of the, the record kind of, kind of moved. And the, and the teacher asked, went, you know, Charlie Brown, wah, 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 wah. And I was like, uh oh. And so I, that's that, that's the first sentence that came out. So no, I did not know how to speak English. Uh, we were, we we had never been outside our country. It was the first uh, time I had ever been away from my family, my friends, my culture, my my language. And I'm talking about the nice story because there are other people that, wow, their story is incredibly, you know, it's, wow, it's incredible. Yeah. So, so, you know, we were privileged to, to have the opportunity or invited for, for that matter to go through, um, go through, through a legal system. My, my grandmother, my mother at this point, you know, we're uh, American citizens naturalized now. So um, in dual citizenship and whatnot, but so we, I started in California and then I, uh, I, I, I moved to uh, Northern Utah where I went to a high school. Only, the only uh, minority in that high school. There were other minorities, but they never showed up. So there were like two or three. And so it was a culture shock, most definitely. And it was different. And I was challenged. And it was a great experience. <laughs> I, 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 I could not have written it better. You know, it's like I went to a place where people at first, you know, this is the problem. Sometimes we're, we, we, we go somewhere and we, we, we're at the defensive. You know, we're like, uh oh, we're like looking for those negative things. We're looking for those negative, ugly looks. We're, we're expecting it. It's like we're pulling it. It's like we're, I don't know, but you know, I, I never wanted that. I always came and made my own story. You know, I came in. You, you know, moved from the sand to the snow, my man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm telling you, like drastic changes. Drastic changes. But yeah, you better believe I, I learned how to play in the snow. I'm a snowboarder. That's right. Uh, hunter, you know, fish, fishing, outdoors, everything, you know, rock climbing. I mean, you name it, rebelling. But so... You know, it was it was a it was a beautiful experience because again, it's I, see I've been challenged since those days. You, you gotta understand it. when you when you when you put yourself in a situation like that at a young age, you start learning. Hey, life is gonna throw you curveballs. You're gonna be in a in an in a completely different world that you're used to. Well, but here's a, let me let me jump in here, Dimitri, because a lot of people think with with what is what's happening politically in our country right now in the United States, 
that that I and I've heard the the term used. We're in the midst of a civil war. You know what real civil war looks like. Oh, yeah. Growing up in Guatemala. And I don't think that people in the United States have any concept. You just mentioned the corrupt government and the genocide that was happening. I mean, you have seen civil war up close and personal. And, and we're talking about it like it's the worst thing in the world. But I don't, I don't see people getting dragged in the streets and killed. I don't see that happening and things like that. Man, from what you've overcome, you, you go from that being a kid you go to San Diego and then you go to Northern Utah. At what point do you kind of, does everything start to come together for you in your life when 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 you kind of figure out like, man, this is what I have is pretty cool. What I what I've because I, I I see you when you were talking about your experience in Utah. You're like, man, I learned what the outdoors was. I saw snow. I I snowboarded. I re, I repelled. I hunted fish. It almost sounds like, man. I can't believe that I came from Guatemala to this place and, and I'm doing all this cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and, and many people, a lot of my immigrant friends were not happy because they were like too busy looking at what people thought of them. And I'm like thinking that's the biggest problem anybody can worry about. You know, the problem is, see, see this is, this is, this is the thing, uh, Brian, um, I discovered a secret that many are confused about. Many believe that we should blend in when we are supposed to be working on standing out, bringing our uniqueness. Every one of us is different for that reason. So we have that privilege of being able to bring something different to this world. Why would you forfeit that opportunity and copycat? Why would you do that and put a mask on when you look good? Yeah. Why would you be, why would you count horrible stuff when you have so many rich blessings i mean dimitri i can't figure out why people hide behind avatars on social media that dumbfounds me it's like you know they, they get on social media and their twitter handle is like uh uh look at me one two three instead of just being you know being who they are putting a real picture up instead of some kind of avatar picture i have never figured that out i mean like why would why are you so afraid to be who you are? You're an addition. You're 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 completing the rest. That's it, man. That's it. That's it right there. Yes. Why would you do that? I mean, I mean, you're 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 taking that away from us. And worst of all, you're you're taking you're taking it away from yourself. And so, you know, it's like that's one thing I recognize. I was different. I was I like being different. I didn't look at it as a re I looked at it as a rebel with a cause because I noticed that there was a good cause for me to be myself. And you know what? I was real with people and people were real with me. I, I recognized that from the start. I, I never wanted to be somebody else in a different place with different, with different conversations. I wanted to be so consistent that everybody, when somebody heard me speaking, ah, that's Dimitri right there. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the brand has never changed. You know what I mean? Like we, we you know, we, the, the humble beginnings will never leave me because those, this is what makes me, you know what I mean? Like, why would I be afraid of, or, or ashamed of talking about who I am and what I've done? Are you kidding me? I love my story. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. I want you to go check out my new book, People Buy From People, 10 Powerful People Lessons from the Ultimate People Person, my dad. My dad was the ultimate connector and the ultimate intentional encourager. And he shared with me 10 connecting lessons that I'm gonna share with you in this book interwoven with stories 
and personal anecdotes that will help you really see what connecting is truly all about. If you want to be a more powerful, stronger, deeper connector, whether you're in ministry or leadership or sales, you own a business, whatever you want to do that connects you with people and you want to connect with them stronger, deeper, and more powerfully, People Buy From People is for you. I want you to go to Amazon.com and search People Buy From People, Brian Sexton. It's available in paperback and Kindle. And coming soon, excited about this, coming soon to Audible. Thank you in advance for picking up a copy of People Buy From People. And now let's get back to a great conversation here on the Intentional Encourager podcast. kidding me i love my life yeah yeah have life that is beautiful that's all i need now i gotta do something with it and that's why i'm so excited about life because you know what it's just what we were given we should be yeah yeah so so you you grow up and you go to high school in northern utah and 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 what happens after that because you know obviously you know you and I are much older than we were in high school, my man, and and uh, and you're probably younger than I am. But 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 take me through after high school in in, Le- in Northern Utah. Well, um, interesting shift um, because of Utah. Not uh, uh, I'm Latter Day Saints, as you know, Utah mm-hmm. is is uh, mostly populated by the Latter Day Saints, and so. Uh, but this was I was Latter Day Saints since Guatemala, so it wasn't the fact that I went to Utah and that's what happened. I mean, there's a lot of members in Guatemala, so. There was a friend that lived there, and there was that other reason because you know when you find community in religion, then obviously you know uh, it's it's it makes it it makes it better sometimes. You know, uh, we 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 find common ground, we find common values, and we pull you know each other forward with our examples and with our presence. You know, so um, it, it, it something shit. I, I I was a, I w- they gave me the privilege of serving a mission, a full time mission. And uh, when you go on a mission, you decide, you decide to, you, you save your money, you, say, you, you, you prepare yourself four years of seminary, and uh, you say, okay, I'm here. And they send you to a place you never know where they're going to pick. Where did they pick for me? That's the beautiful part of this story, Italy. So at 19 years old, I was calling to serve a full-time mission in the country of Italy. So I, I went out there and served a full, uh, uh, just uh, in many cities. I started in Venice. I mean, whew. You can imagine. I mean, this is my introduction to the country. So I was like, wow. Um, I, I, I studied a little bit of Italian before. And I just, my job was to serve, to talk to people, to just be the best I could be out there. Because that's a full-time mission. You're serving. That's the, you're in service. And so that's, that's where life changed for me. Because I realized that there was, there was a great joy in serving. There was a great joy in forgetting about yourself, forgetting about your life. Because, I mean, imagine, they ask you at the best time in your life. I mean, at, at, you know, at 19 years old, when you want to go and just explore the world and do everything and anything. But uh, you hold back. And you decide to do something greater and bigger than you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it, I was able to go to beautiful northern, northeastern cities of Italy. I, I was able to absorb the culture, love the, the, the people, uh, live with them, talk to them, learn about them. And it was just an experience. So this is my third country mm. having to do so so it was an amazing experience uh i learned uh, italian uh perfectly and uh so i came back now this is where the the professor in journey starts so i came back from a mission and uh i didn't have any idea where, what i was going to do next uh, go to you know didn't have a university or anything like that so i uh my brother-in-law lived in upstate new york syracuse and so he uh said hey you should come live with me i'll get you started in it 
And I was like, man, you realize I never had a computer before? He's like, yeah, but you know what? I can, I can show you the ropes. So I trusted him and I went out there. I you know, started learning. Uh, there was an opening within months. And this is the reason why I love telling my story because this is how it started in IT. I mean, I'm a computer scientist, but this is not how it started. It started with, with me knowing nothing about computers. Mm -hmm. I didn't own a computer. This was back in 98, okay? My high school didn't have internet. We didn't have all those things. I mean, so from nothing to something, I decided that I was going to start learning. And uh, within six months, I was ready. There was an opening. I went and I closed the deal. I got a job with, you know, with an interview with IT director and everyone else there. And I became a network technician. I started doing hardware, I started, which, which is the first, one of the first introductions you can get into the technical world. I was able to learn uh, about networks, about, uh, you know, but before that I had only connected with the wire two towers and I, that was uh, the extent of my networking understanding. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. And yet yeah. I go to a company that's like, you know, I work for the, uh, I, I, within eight months the network administrator left. So I took over the, 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 the whole enterprise, the, the computer infrastructure. It was a, I was working for the biggest freight company in the East Coast at the time. It had 31 terminals over uh, Maine to Atlanta, interconnected to my network in New York. I was 22 years old. I was responsible for this whole infrastructure. So this was without any special certification, any degree, any nothing. It was just the fact that I just threw myself at it. I decided that I was going to do it. I, I, I put my head, I, I took it to the labs, like I, what I like to call it. And six months later, I went and attacked and, you know, got my hunk. So, so, so that's, that's how everyone can start, you know, <laughs> technology is one of the fastest growing and fastest and easiest route to, 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 to professional world right now. The resources are free. Um, everybody, you know, it's like the community is amazing. It's like collaborations incredible with, uh, you know, with open source. Yeah. Um, and, and again, like I said, uh, uh, Brian, it's not, it's no longer just for people that do it. It, 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 business people need to understand that they have to see the, the relationship that they, the, the collaboration and what, and let the machines do the best for the best thing, what the best they can do and let, let the humans do what the best. Well, the best. Dimitri, you've hit on something again, man. Brilliantly, you've hit on something. Think about Apple. That was started by two dudes in a garage. Yep. The, 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 the greatest technology company in the world that has given the world more technology and things like that, arguably Apple, two, two dudes in a garage building a computer i mean you, you're 100 percent right it's amazing the next great technology thing somebody could be working in on it in their bedroom you know that you're you're 100 percent right i didn't mean to interrupt your story there but man you hit on something just beautifully brilliant there so you're working at 22 years old you're you're doing this what's next for dimitri how, how long do you stay working in, in that particular field until the next opportunity comes along. I moved to Houston, Texas, and I uh, was taking care of a high voltage fire engineering construction company there. I was taking, I took over the enterprise as well. And then I, did, I looked at so many engineers with degrees, I felt weird because I didn't have one. This was 2004, still degrees matter. We weren't too clear about the value of them yet. And uh, so I went back to school and got a degree. It's interesting fact, uh, I went and did bartending and, and became a server while I was going to university, which is, people call me crazy. And I was like, what? You know, I made a lot of money in the corporate world. Now I'm back here. Who cares? I'm getting my degree. So I just want to tell people, don't ever listen to what people think. I mean, I, people thought I was weird, crazy. What? You know what I'm like? Yeah. A, a degree later? Yes. Anything? Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? So yeah. don't ever 
don't ever don't ever listen to people's people don't understand your your your, your plan that's why the reason it's not that they're not they're mean or they're bad no 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 let's not let's not go there let's just under let's just say that they don't have clarity as, as we were talking about they don't have clarity over what you know you have to do so that's why when you know what you have to do you know what make sure you focus make sure you man focus. i was 30 i was 37 when i went back to school to get my master's degree and people are like why are you getting it? and i'm like because the the place that i worked offered the program it was extremely reasonable for me to do it and i'm like why not you know it's something that nobody can ever take away from me it's something i'll always have the rest of my life whether i use it or not and it, i paid pennies on the dollar for it dimitri i mean i'd have been nuts not to do it so man you know good on you for being weird dude i mean I, 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 I love weird people, man. I, I gravitate to them because you don't think like everybody else. Not think like me. Yeah. You think like me. Yeah. And, and I, and I call it being intentional, just thinking like, just thinking and doing what you want to do and what you feel like, man, I got to ask you and not to short circuit any part of your story, but go ahead. Keep telling your story, man. Cause I I've got more questions in the back of my mind here. No problem. No problem. So, so, so anyway, so I go back to school. I graduate. Yeah, I have, I have, you know, five years of solid experience. I have a, a, a solid degree. 2008 is the year I graduated. So I came into the field at the end, at, at the middle of the year with the worst economy. So you think that I would have been welcome and I would have been at the top of the world. No, I was shot down 134 applications the day, the day I, um, the day I, 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 I applied for that job. And so the, the field became saturated. Mm -hmm. So this is interesting too. I, did, I, I pivoted. I didn't have a job. I was working at a, a, a um, treadmill company. Um, I was doing Q&A, which is pretty cool. You know, you're not working the lines, but still, you know, was, um, that's what I was doing right after graduation. So a friend of mine heard me talking and he was like, you know what, you'd be good at sales. So I was like, you know what, I've been told that, but you know, whatever. He's like, you should come with me. Took me out to the streets. We, 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 we were doing uh, security and home automation at one of the biggest companies out in Utah. Um, and went and just traveled around uh, different states, opening the, in 2009, they changed the, their, their name. So we were, you know, opening marketing and a bunch of other stuff and taking it to the streets, door, door to door. Again, people are like, what? <laughs> are you crazy? <laughs> and, you know, if they understood that every contract I sold was 500 to $700 and I sold the contract a day, uh, you know the, the story doesn't tell doesn't doesn't appear to be the same you know and so i tell people you know you got to do what you got to do and don't listen to anybody and always try to see what things that you can do and and do them i mean i you know i didn't know you, you realize that I, I went with just enough money to buy for uh to, to buy my room and a little bit of food and i had to sell that's how i left at the beginning so that's how i and it's commission so you don't you don't sell yep. you don't you don't that's eat. right I, I left i left i went to i went to georgia and so those are the things I've done. And you know what? Selling has been the most incredible skill I have ever developed next to communication. Because everything is business. Everything is a negoci negotiation. So you should learn how to do it because it will make your life a lot better. You will understand people a lot more and your interactions will be more meaningful. Yep. Because you will always, always look at them as clients as service you give service to them absolutely man people buy from people that's the book i just wrote and 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 
I, I believe it 100%. Man, I got to ask you, take me through the greatest obstacle that you ever encountered and the lesson you learned from it. Um, well, I had quite a few, but I think the one that I, that I, that I, that I, that I can, I, I guess, relate quicker because I, I really don't have, I mean, even though they all have been hard, but the one that hit me the most uh, personally is, uh, when, uh, my first son, when his mother and I separated and she went back to New York and I was in Texas and I was left without my son. Wow. Like I thought I was a strong dude, you know, I thought I was like all together. I haven't, you know, it's like, I, I, I was pretty solid. I thought, and then I got destroyed and I hit rock bottom. I be became dependent and abused things. And, oh man, it was like the worst time in my life. I was about to give up, give up. I don't mean, you know, take my life or anything. What I mean by giving up is just that I can't do it anymore. You know? It was too much, too much. Uh, I, I, I was tested with the worst things and the, and, the, and the best things that can destroy you. And so I was challenged to, to, to the fullest in my life. And uh, I was just about to give up, like I said, when I decided, no, no, this is, I, I can't let this. I've worked too hard for what I have. I, 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 I have too much value. I love myself too much. I've gotten, gone too far to stop here. And so I, I, I was able to, with a lot of help and a lot of uh, allowing myself to be helped, I was able to go back to school and got my degree. So, yeah, um, I've been challenged, uh, you know, uh, with feelings and emotions I hadn't mastered. Man, oh man, that and and I can listen. I can understand that because for a father, you know, and and I don't, Dimitri, I I don't want to throw rocks on anybody out there. I can't imagine being the dad of a twenty almost 21 year old son. I can't imagine not ever being a part of his life or not wanting to be a part of his life. And I've never understood guys that father kids and then walk away. Like I, I can't, I can't fathom that because from the minute I laid eyes on, but even before, for the, the minute I laid eyes on my son, I'm like, man, it's my job to make sure that he makes it it's exactly. on me it's on me it, it's ownership man that you know fatherhood is the ultimate ownership for a man i believe that that's the ultimate i own it like like i can't i can't run from this if i wanted to i gotta ask you um were there times that you kind of question like man why am i going through this why why am I not able to be with my son? How did you ultimately get through it and and get that back and, and, and reestablish things in your life? I think the first thing I learned is that I was vulnerable. I think that we must understand that because if we don't, then we're going to get hit really hard one day and not understand what's happening. So understanding our vulnerabilities, understanding that we are sensitive, sensible to, to emotion and sensible to feelings and, and deep emotions as well, you know, like spiritual and, and just, uh, you know, deeper and more intimate. And so I, I recognized that I was being challenged to the fullest. And then, I, I, you know, and, and it was incredible because I would just lay, you know, there every you know, nights and just literally, I mean, I'm, I, I'm not somebody that cries. And yet. I couldn't stop. 
you know, and it was just like it was it, it, it was weird because like again like I I, I thought I had I had been somebody else in my life, but then I realized I am also vulnerable. So understanding that was the first thing. Understanding the fact that I needed help because I was ashamed that uh, Dimitri, you know, the strong Dimitri, the guy that everybody looks up to because of all the craziness he does, all the things he does, you know, he, he's involved in, and so swallowing my pride and using honesty as my best weapon was what brought me back and and just and just just uh repenting going through the process of understanding that it that i had failed but i needed to understand what was the path to come back and so that's i just didn't want to give up you know my life was too too good before so so then i realized you know things are seasonal i'm gonna get through this and uh, just to just to let you know you know, I talk to my son every Sunday. We talk for at least an hour. He's going to get involved in computers, uh, computer programming here soon because I'm promoting it like for everyone, even my son. And so, you know, uh, even though I wasn't there for him, <laughs> he has no doubt who I am and that I love him. So, you know, we never know what the, what, what, what the you know, it's like the story is not, it's not, it's not complete. It's not, it's not the end of the story. It's only part of the story. So, so you know, just those are the things that I always, uh, uh, push me i realized that when i have been challenged the most is when i came back up the highest it's yeah. almost like the, the, the more they kick me the, the kick me forward you know what i mean so it's all right i, I gotta get my butt kicked it's all yeah. good i i've developed a, a a sense of gratitude for for challenge for opposition yeah. because we are only we only see our greatness until we are challenged oh that's that's so good man every every podcast as you know I ask people this question and I'm going to, I want to end our conversation this way. Leave the audience with your biggest piece of intentional encouragement. We need to understand that we were created to be creators. We were endowed and blessed with many and multiple abilities and talents. We must seek those talents by choosing something and doing it right and doing it well. Let's not ever expect results from something that has not had sacrifice and intentional massive action. So just remember that the great people are the ones that work the hardest. So don't worry about your surroundings and what you can't control, but the thing you can't control is yourself and your feelings and your actions. So remember that's a big power, the power of choice. So choose to be constructive. Choose to be positive. What I mean by positive is not necessarily thinking good because I mean positive is there's two ways to always look at things. You can look at it the destructive way or the, the, the way it made you feel, or you can look at it as the opposition that gave you the opportunity to learn from it. Yeah. So, so, so make sure your perspectives are correct. Make sure your feelings and your intentions for what you want to reach are correct as well. Remember that when you are in the service of others is when you are going to go farthest. And so... Just remember that we are here to learn from each other, collaborate, become a collaboration of, in, of just wonderful minds coming together. And just real quick, I just want to tell everyone, the world is changing, technology is coming. We need to uh, get involved, not talk about it, but learn about it. Yeah. Um, jobs are going to be changed soon. Um, my job is I work for a robotic process automation company, which is, uh, it, you know, it focuses on, on 
finding, discovering business processes to automate. In other words, we want to get away from that slavery that we've had in the office. Many people do jobs for 20 hours, like, like constant. So I just want to get people ready to understand that this is not going, this is not here to replace us. This is here to collaborate with us in the same way we would have collaboration with a human. Now yeah. we have collaboration with technology. So it's good that we should all develop that um, relationship and partnership with technology. Let's get involved. Let's understand it because otherwise there are only going to be a few of us that are going to be building the future. And that's not good. We need to have more women. Only 20, 20% are in the field. We need more diversity. We need more different perspectives and we need people to get involved because this is the future. We need to create our own future, not yeah. fear. Don't fear your future, create it. Man, that's so good. I, I love what you said there. I was just taking it all in. Dimitri Ortiz, tell people where they can find you, connect with you. Man, I, I highly encourage you to get connected to this guy. Uh, tell, tell folks where they can connect with you. All right, just LinkedIn. I really don't spend time in other uh, platforms. LinkedIn is the one that has given me my ROI to the fullest. And uh, I, I just love interacting with everyone there, the professionals. So, uh, you know, uh, look me up, uh, my profile there. I, I am here to, to help people understand technology, uh, get people involved. If you want to ever get involved in doing programming, I have a lot of free resources. Get involved. There's a lot of help. And uh, I can also help companies automate their business processes. So I'm here uh, to serve everyone. And please connect with me. I would love to hear your story. Man, dude, this has been great. Dimitri Ortiz, I, I, I was looking forward to this conversation. I know why now. You you totally brought it. Thank you so much for joining me on the Intentional Encourager podcast. I appreciate it, brother. My thanks, as always, to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Meads. And the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his work. And until next time, remember, everyone, everywhere, at any time, and any place, can be an intention.